big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. This is Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And today we are talking all about trauma and parenting. Now this really follows on from last week's podcast, which was focused on trauma uh, in children. So Mm. we really wanted to spend some time focusing more on trauma in us as parents and how it impacts us as parents, how it impacts our parenting, what we can do to help ourselves uh, in general Mm. and in those challenging moments. Mm. What would you like to say, Lael? (laughs) Well, you know, this is, I think to start again, it's similarly to the uh, the podcast we did on, you know, children who have trauma and how to work with that and and parent children when they've got a lot of stories going on, is what I loved that you really highlighted in that podcast, Marion, is that, you know, trauma is a word that we often associate with a really, really bad event and that something's happened to us. But, you know, trauma is a really broad term for just feelings and stuff that has not been resolved within us, stuff that's trapped in our bodies, um, you know, circumstances in our life where we didn't get to be heard, we didn't get to be pro- we didn't get to process what was going on. It can be many, many things. So we don't have to have had a traumatic event per se. It can just be that our needs were not met as a child in bigger ways. It can be that we had to learn that we, you know, we had to be a very good girl to continue attachment to our our parents so therefore you know the the feelings of the trauma is about really abandoning who we really are in ourselves you know so it can look in so many different ways and I think you know when we're, we're talking about this topic I mean I have to start with that kind of just broad broad scope which is we all have story and we all have some form of, I'll put in inverted commas, trauma or feelings from our childhood where we didn't get our needs met. And that is going to impact our parenting, whether we like it or not. And, you know, I think, I feel like, you know, one of the things I say all the time is that we have to do the work as parents to look at our own stories and, and those imprints. And if we want to do it differently, you know, or if we really want to, parent in a way with consciousness so you know this is i think a podcast or, or a topic that relates to every single human that chooses to be a parent because we all have unfinished business from our childhoods or our stories that are going to play out when we bring children into the world or even they're not our own children but being around children you know, it is just the most perfect beautiful opportunity to look at all the stuff that needs to be dealt with. So I think it's a, um, it's, you know, even though we're calling it trauma and parenting, it really just is about the stories that we carry from our own childhood that will often surface again when we're parenting. And it could even be, you know, more, um, you know, recent events that have caused, you know, big feelings or disruption in your life and then still happen to parents. So it's not just necessarily an event, from the, you know, earlier on in your life, but that being a parent when we've got a lot of this on board is a very, very challenging thing. And it certainly does make the journey a lot tougher a lot of the time because we are trying to parent and guide and hold space for our kids at the same time. We're trying to do that for ourselves because, you know, we're, we're being asked you know, to step up 
really. So it's a big one. It's a really big one. And I just think across the board, we all have it. <laughs> like it's not a, it's not something that's happened to you and therefore you've got it. I think we all have this to degrees. Yes. I, I love how you talk about it, Lal. And, and I really loved you talk about the, the beautiful invitation because I, I really love what we're bringing in. I think we both have that similar flavor in our work of seeing uh, seeing that there's nothing wrong in in having big feelings that show up at, at particular times with our children, and and really seeing the way I see it actually is that parenting is designed to be this uh, invitation, this evolutionary process in us. So it's you know it's actually designed to be like that. I believe that we get to to be as you say invited to connect in with feelings basically that didn't get to be heard the first time that's the way I like to look at it uh, I always remember Alice Miller said uh, when I read her work many years ago that it's even not so much about what happens to us as children that is is traumatic it's actually the fact that we didn't have anyone there with us at the time who was able to be present in their bodies and listen to the feelings that we had in response to that event and I think that's so relevant for aware parenting, don't you? Because it, it, it's that, it's that in us, that, that's the way I see it. Anytime we have really big feelings showing up in us when we're with our children that come from our own inner children, come from our own childhood, the opportunity is to hear those feelings the way they weren't heard the first time. So to, to me, really seeing it in that, in that way can really help to uh, put down those emotional sticks that I talk about. So if we do, we, we're inevitably going to have really big responses and, and reactions as parents. That's inevitable. And if we can put down those, the sticks, the emotional sticks of, you know, the shame and the guilt and I shouldn't be doing it and pick up the stick, pick up the, pick up the sticks of compassion. I don't think there are sticks, but, you know, pick up the compassion instead to say, to look at and that's what we're going to be doing i'm sure is to look at okay what's happening why am i having this massive reaction when my child does x y and z and how can i cooperate with this invitation in a way that not only means that i'm less likely to respond in that way with my child but i'm also going to listen to my inner children in ways that actually transform my own self-relationship so so yummy yes and you know, for anybody that's really new, I guess, to process work or looking at their story, to give you an idea of how this may turn up for you in parenting, you know, I, I love this kind of how that may look, you know, so that could be just yelling a lot, you know, getting to the point where you have a really, really short fuse and you're yelling at your kids because they're not doing what you want. It could be feeling really fearful all the time around that something's going to happen to your children, that, you know, you need to watch them the whole time, that you need to um, make sure that they're okay, you know, so that it could be the fear that really leads the dance. You know, it might not be anger so much. Uh, it could be also a big checking out of just feeling really disconnected from your children, feeling really disassociated as a parent as well, you know, that you're there doing the job but you don't really feel connected there and you're not really, you know, deeply you know, meeting needs of kids or yourself at all. So it can look in many, many different ways that, that you know, how we can see ourselves if there has been past traumas or there's big stuff that we need to deal with in how we are behaving. I mean, the ideal, I guess, version of the parent, and there is no perfect, so we'll just really clarify this <laughs> because there is no perfect, but is a parent that is feeling 
calm and connected to themselves and is able to meet their children with wherever their kids are at. So when their kids are happy and invite them to play, they can be playful and and joyous. When their child's got some big feelings, they're able to sit there and hold that calmly and just know that it can move through them move through the child and you can hold that space and if there's rage and anger again similar stuff being able to sit there and really hold the space for the child you know to be you know what i think just this beautiful spacious uh, parent that that says to the child you know you show me what you need and i'm here to hold that for you to help you navigate what you need to so you know for me that is i guess the goal in parenting is to be able to turn up for my children in that space um, to hold that for them and you know when I am feeling resourced and when I've had enough sleep and when I'm not worried about money and when you know um, I, I've had time for myself then that is often very easy to do uh, well it's not easy to do but it takes work to get there to do it right but there's a lot more ease in it but then when all the other stresses are on board and plus the past stuff that we haven't dealt with that's what makes it very very challenging you know, and I think exactly as you said in the beginning, when we are reactive, when something is really reminding us of on a deeper level of where we had those hurts or didn't get our needs met, it is always about us. Yes. It is always an invitation to go, oh, there's something here that my child is mirroring for me. What do I need to do to look at that? Yes. Do you know, I love that. And actually, as you were speaking, by the way, I love the way you talked about all the different feelings that may show up. I was thinking also, you know, big, um, big fear, a big loss as well can show up as well, or big fear around loss can show up. So that was so interesting just then, because what happened was we realized we just had a little pause that I, I started talking about the, the thing about the, the sadness and I went into to some feelings of my own and then I went completely blank and I couldn't remember what I was going to talk about. And what I love is I really trust in, in my work that or our work, whatever shows up is, is here as part, of the, is, is part of the teaching. So mm-hmm. I really want to add that, that that can be something that can really happen. And when we're in really big feelings from the past, it can be very, very hard to think clearly. And that can be really hard in parenting, particularly if we have, you know, perhaps we're aiming to practice aware parenting or whatever style it is, to be able to think clearly about, okay, what do I, you know, do I do attachment play here or do I set a living limit or what actually do I do here? And when we're going into our own childhood hurts and we go, it can be very hard to think clearly about what, about what the most helpful response is. So I think I'm bringing that in as a meta level. Anyway, what I did want to say, which I finally remembered, was I think one of the things that's been uh, the biggest gifts of this is to me, whenever I go into a, an inner child space in myself, which is generally big feelings, it's really clear now. It's so obvious. It's like, it's, it's like turning a light on. Whereas before, I think I used to live a lot of my life from within my inner children. So I was having a lot of reactions and big feelings. And so in parenting, it was a lot harder. And I think that was been one of the most helpful things for me is to actually really to do the, the inner work to realize, ah, this, ah, okay, when this, when this big sensation comes up in me, this is actually not about the now. This is from a younger part of me. And to actually even be able to recognize that, even not anything else, makes all the difference. Just go, oh, yes, I'm, I'm, in, an, I'm in an inner child part right now, or I'm in a really big feeling from the past. That in itself can change everything. Because I think often, um, if we're not aware of that, uh, and I've certainly had those many of those moments too, of like we're having really big feeling responses to it in response to something our child is doing or not doing, 
it can so often seems to be about them. It seems to be about the moment. And I think that's the way that our bodies and our actual nervous systems are designed to work, that it comes up as if the feelings were exactly about the moment. And that's exactly what happens for children as well, isn't it? You know, when they're having the big tantrum about the the fact that we put the the ice cream on with a different spoon, whatever it was. It, for them it seems to be about in the moment that's how the healing mechanism works so as soon as we can recognize this isn't about the moment and this is exactly how our amazing healing inner healing mechanism works is we're having this something happening in the present that is reminding us of the past that's when the feelings come up so just really understanding that whole process and how it works and it's designed to work like that and there's nothing wrong with us it just can transform everything. So I'd love to. Hear I love that. And, and, that. Uh, yes, I a hundred percent agree with all of that. And I, I also think that's, you know, not just in parenting, that is every aspect of our life. So whether that's with your partner, whether it's with a friend, whether it's with your own parents, whether it's with a work colleague, you know, it's that having that, dare I use the word mindfulness, <laughs> just because it's such a buzzword. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my little thing. Cause mindfulness. <laughs> Such a positive. It's a good thing though. It's having the, the present moment awareness to say something is up for me here, right? And instead of it being about the other person to realize there is something in me that is feeling, you know, awakened, out of balance, something is happening here that I'm having a reaction to. This is about me. And I think that takes such a amazing, um, it takes practice to move into those places where that's our default. Because most of our default moves into that victim state of consciousness, into this is not fair, you're doing this to me, it's your fault, instead of that complete awareness of, whoa, I'm having a reaction here and this is all about my perception. This is all my perception of how I'm believing this to be. And that's, that's a huge thing, you know, to wake up to because that's not something that we are taught. And that is very rare that that is modelled to us in our life from our own parents and we do live in a really strong victim blame culture, you know, that kind of everybody likes to pass the button to somebody else, right? No one wants to feel the feelings. So it's, you know, I, again, as we always come back to that beautiful compassion for ourselves, that it's something that often takes practice to learn, yes. that when we do start to have those feelings arise in us, to have that, that beautiful awareness, as you said, to say, oh, there is something in this for me. And and, and this is, you know, there, here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity for me to lean into something that is saying, um, there's that something, something out of balance here, something doesn't feel good for me. And I think that is just such a profound, as you're saying, Marion, huge step to being able to transform our stories when we firstly own them and we are aware of what that looks like. And I think that's just such a, a beautiful, magnificent piece, isn't it? So, so wonderful. And I remember you, you often say something similar, don't you, is that um, to really get, and I remember that moment in my own parenting as well, to really, really get on that deep level. Whenever, whenever I'm having a big reaction, whenever I'm having a really big feeling, whether it's rage or frustration or grief or confusion or overwhelm, it, it's actually always about me because it can be so easy to think that, uh, again, in that blame culture, my child is causing that or somehow making me feel that that's you know our culture is all about that mm -hmm. so as go yeah. that is about me and so again all these steps that in itself can be a huge thing to even get that even if <laughs> even just to be with that for a little while like whoa mm -hmm. i remember when i really got that in a deep level yes. wow it really is when it yes. really seems like they it's all about them and i remember actually that became a, a thing for me 
if I was having a big reaction, a big feeling reaction, I would actually then say to my children, and I was also saying it to myself, you know, this, I think I may have said it some other time. And I don't remember the exact words now because I, I, I don't really go into those places anymore. I deal with them in a different way. But this is not about you. I am having some really big feelings. They are about me. They are not your responsibility. You know, those kinds of things. And I was saying it as much to myself because, because there were a whole lot of parts were going, that's <laughs> absolutely them causing it. Yes. Yes. I love that too. And I think that is, Again, for people listening, that is a really beautiful first step. The first step is just the acknowledgement that there is something happening for you and that is about you and and that is a huge thing to just have that tiny moment of just, okay, this is about me and I can take a deep breath and there's something here for me and, you know, I often say to parents, look, in the moment you have to deal with whatever's happening in the moment and, and it can help to actually say, mummy or daddy or whoever you know i'm having some big feelings now exactly as you said it's not about you this is about me and i often really encourage parents to just do what you can in that moment i know it's not always easy to step out of the room for a second if you need to to go and wash your hands to anchor your feet on the ground to do anything that is a symbol of okay I'm here, this is about me and, um, and bringing yourself back into the present moment instead of jumping straight back into the reactivity, which is, as you said, as you say so beautifully, is really from the past. So to bring yourself into that moment, sometimes when you have to deal with your children first, because we can't, you know, it'd be great if in the middle of meltdown we could go, could you just hang five for a second? Mummy's just going to do a little process. <laughs> and we go and get our pen and paper and we write down our stuff. This is not really going to happen. So, so in those moments I sometimes just go, okay, let's just acknowledge that there's something there. Let's just go, it's here. Yes. I've got to just put it in a box for the side for the moment while I, you know, navigate what my child is calling from me. But the important thing is to go back and pick up that box and go, okay, what can yes. I, what do I need to look at? Yeah. How can we work with that? And, and, you know, many beautiful ways, you know, like you've got your beautiful inner loving process that, you know, that Marion talks about, go and everybody do her course. That oh, is, a, you're it is so good. It just gives you so much guidance to do this. So it's, you know, doing a process like that. It might be journaling. It might be calling a listening partner or an empathy buddy to, to go, oh, this is what just came up for me now. But it's actually taking what came up and actually leaning into it and saying, what is this here to tell me? Because it's such an opportunity for healing. Really hearing, I always think of it as, as well, if we can think of it, it's a little part of us wanting to be heard this time. So I think what happens, unfortunately, and again, in our culture, and, and you know, that's what we, we're kind of trained to do is if we have a reaction is then to go into more of those sticks, which is part of this domination paradigm. So, you know, I'm a terrible mother or I shouldn't have done that or, you know, so much judgment rather than actually to, to listen, the invitation to listen to these younger parts because they are longing to be heard and they will keep on asking to be heard over and over again until they get to, to have those feelings lovingly welcomed. Mm. Do you know, I loved a couple of, a couple of things I love as well that when you talk about, um, you know, this isn't your fault or this isn't your responsibility. When we say that to children, I think that is so beautiful and important as well, because I think so often, you know, when we talk about trauma, I think so often what we're carrying is, you know, when we were younger, if if parents or others around us had big, big reactions and they, they didn't take that responsibility. So they maybe even said, you know, it's your fault or you're making me feel like this or all of those kinds of things as 
or as children anyway we just tend to think it's it's my fault because that's you know that's the, the way of the child so that in itself to say you know this is not your responsibility or i'm taking care of myself these are my feelings anything on that kind of ilk is actually prevents them from from actually then carrying a whole lot more of feelings that they're thinking it's their fault and if you have done that as well we can help them heal we can always take responsibility we can say you know i'm so sorry i didn't take responsibility for them that those were my feelings so i think that's a really um i love that you brought that in and i think you know when i think about you know again like we always talk about compassion i mean parenting is one of the most challenging experiences that you can do as a human, right? Because you are just sitting in the sweet spot constantly of having to look at your story because you've got these little people going, hey, I really want you to be the best version of you, so I'm just going to reflect back to you all the stuff you need to work on. So (laughs) let's go, right? And so I think within that, um, you know, we have to just know that we are – you know, parenting as it is in the modern day age without the village and the community and all the support that we need is tough. And then when we're doing it with a level of consciousness, it can add an extra layer that it can feel really challenging. So that's why, again, there is only compassion as you talk about putting down those sticks of it should be better, I should be doing it. And the way through this, absolutely, as you say, Marion, is to to start with being kind and compassionate to yourself, especially on those days when we do have disconnection or we do yell or we do completely lose our shit, right? These are the days where we have to be kind because we can only expect to create healing when we start with the kindness for ourselves. And the more that we can feel that for ourselves and the more that we can turn up and offer that to our children as well. So it has to start internally. Yes. Mm. Do you know, as you were speaking as well, I literally have a meta, a, a vision that I've never even really thought of before, but it's almost like if your little child is showing up to say, oh, okay, this is now my opportunity to express my hurt or my rage or my grief or my frustration, my overwhelm. And then we go and, and we, and we literally saying, you know, we're, we're literally punishing them for actually doing that. So, so, you know, to really see that I've never really thought of it that way, but we're literally saying, nope, yet again, I am not going to listen to you and go to your room or whatever was done to us the first time we are punishing them in the way that they were punished. I've never quite got that. That is, I love that so much. I just see that so clearly. You are so right. When, oh my God, that's amazing. When we, exactly, when we respond to that, we're responding to our child, our own child with harshness. Oh my God, I love that. That's so magical. Oh, well, you know, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, totally get that. I'm going to think about that. Me too. Just like, whoa. Because I think the more we can, you know, that's why I love seeing it as our inner children. Because when we actually see these are parts of us, these are parts that have maybe been waiting, however old you are, 20 or 30 or however many years, to simply, you know, like we said at the beginning, that the trauma is when feelings aren't heard, the experience isn't lovingly heard. And that's all they're trying to do. They're trying to say, please hear me now. Please hear me now. Oh, this is, this is, this is it happening again. Please hear me now. So increasing our capacity gradually, compassionately over time to actually listen. It mm. makes all the difference so that they don't yet again have that, no, I'm not going to listen, or you've done something wrong that you're having feelings or, you know, 
all the things that we may have heard the first time around. <laughs> That's it. And much like what we talked about in another podcast of helping our children move through trauma or move through these stories is, is similarly what we need to do for us. So that's either having a safe space with someone to offload those feelings, to cry or to rage or just to be held and heard while we express and speak, you know, and with someone to listen with beautiful empathy and compassion. It could also be body work as well. So if we have had big stories and trauma that, that get held in our bodies, it could be as an adult doing body work or movement or something to help the body process and move what it's got holding there as well. So that could be something else that, um, you know, you need to lean into. It, I mean, I, I really do trust that we all have our processes and stuff that really resonate for us. And so I, I don't believe there's, you know, we should prescribe to you have to do this, this is what it is. Cause I think we've all got our such unique stories. And so I always just encourage people to go find what it is where you, you get to be heard and your body gets to move from the state of fight or flight or, and that tension and that fear into a place of deep calm. Like this is what we're wanting to do. So what is it that would look like for you? For some people that is dancing, for some people that's yoga, for some people it's, you know, journaling, for some people it's working one-on-one, Someone, some do it with a listening partner. Like we're all got, you know, our own capacities for healing. So I really encourage people that if you do feel like you are acting from this place of reactivity, if you feel like your story and your traumas are really what is leading your parenting, and the first step is just to lean into, okay, what would kindness and compassion look like here if I was to help these feelings heal? What would that look like for me? And sometimes that's people, you know, they go, right, I'm going to jump in, I'm going to do all the therapy, I'm going to do all the work, and they go hard. And for others it's just gentle, gentle, gentle little steps. And and I think there's no right or wrong within that. It's you, you only you know your beautiful, in-depth, complex story and only you have the answers of how to navigate your way through. So trusting yourself and what that may look like. I love that, Lael. So love your trust of, of humans. <laughs> so gorgeous. <laughs> and, you know, I love thinking about then next is that then that, that becomes more and more of an inner resource, doesn't it? Whatever we've done or, you know, it's something we can access and remember. So when... Uh, you know, for me, you know, my passion is the inner loving presence process. And, and for me, part of that is having a, what I call the emotional cartography. So I, I generally nowadays, if I have a big reaction, I'm pretty clear what kind of ages of me it's from or what kind of theme it, it is in me. So I may have the reaction and I can, and I can go, Oh, you know, hello, hello, five-year-old Marion. I'm right here. I'm listening. But whatever it is, as you say, you know, if that's somatic experiencing, then you'll have some some titrating that you can do or whether you have, you know, whatever it is that you do some, some yoga breathing or, you know, all the different things, but they become more and more resources that we get to use in the moment. So I think it initially starts off being more about, Oh gosh, that's happened now. And, you know, I'll do what I can to, as you, you were so beautifully talking about, you know, minimize the impact on our children in the moment and then to go away and go to our empathy body or whatever it is. But more and more it becomes not only that those things get to be released and healed, so they show up less and less. And that's certainly what I found. And um, I know you have too, Lau. But also, you know, that in the moment when they show up, we have more, we have more um, capacity in the moment to work with those in ways that help us move through them and back into, you know, as you beautifully call in into our balance or into our soul or into who we really are, that lovingness that we really are. 
Mm. I, I just think I'm listening to you talk and feeling into like my own story of healing and trauma. And, you know, I, like, as I've shared, I grew up in a very, you know, safe house, really beautiful parents, a lot of love connection. You know, there was, there was nothing big that really happened in my childhood. Probably the only thing that was those low levels of feeling like I had to be a good girl to get my needs met, you know, so there was that that kind of filtered through, but I didn't have any big events or traumas really that happened in my life. I feel like I had a really very safe and secure upbringing on many levels and, and very conscious mother on, on many levels as well, who, you know, imprinted some really awesome stuff. Thank you, Barb. Um, and, and yet it was really as an adult when I did have some a traumatic event, particularly, you know, really birth was my traumatic events with my children. Yes. That's where it showed up and then showed up in a big way of how I was parenting them. So particularly after I had my third baby, I became incredibly fearful as a mum. I felt like my kids were going to get hurt all the time. If they were just jumping around the lounge room, I would have these visions of them like trying to jump off the couch and impaling themselves on a table or something or, or just really scary thoughts of that something was going to happen to them and I'd never really had that before so they were turning up in ways that were really really fear-based and it was just such a deep reflection of just that I really had quite a lot of trauma and fear sitting in there around what had happened to me and it took time till it actually really surfaced but when it did surface and it kind of cracked open you know I remember feeling like I had to completely break down to rebuild myself and I had to move back to a place of deep deep vulnerability and deep acceptance that there was a lot of feelings in there that I had just you know suppressed that now actually had to come out and and you know I I'm a bit of a let's do it now kind of person so let's go hard let's do it let's clear it right that's kind of my vibe so I kind of went all right let's go so I really did for a few months I cried a lot I tried all sorts of different therapies I had to go deep 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 into the big stories where you know really I could only just function which was just providing food for my kids and and dropping them to school and back but that was really all I was capable of because I had to, I was in a big healing crisis on some level which is not how you have to do it but that's just how I did it but I think the key part of what I learned from that parenting with trauma is I had to ask for a lot of help which meant I really had to say to my husband you really need to kids as much as you can because I'm doing my healing work here I had to call my family I had to call my friends I had to really reach out to other people for when story and stuff was coming up that I could reach out and just talk to them about it at any opportunity if, if they were there available to listen to me but also I think what I learned and the biggest piece of healing trauma for me as a mother was that I had to give myself time and quiet to just love myself and so, you know, as a woman before that, I used to just be doing all the jobs for everybody and I rarely took time out for myself. And all of a sudden I realized I need like two days a week where I have to just be quiet, even if that's like four hours at a time. And I know we've shared this on, you know, various podcasts before about actually claiming that space and time for myself. But I remember having to go, what I'm going to need here for my healing is quiet and some time and I have to gift that to myself to be able to move through what I need to move through. And I realised in the beginning when I first kind of was going to move into that, I would um, I would really wonderfully manifest other things so that I couldn't have that. <laughs> I would be 
extra busy or somehow the babysitter couldn't look after the children or just stuff would turn up because I was really avoiding going into what it was. And we all have wonderful mechanisms like that that we do when we don't really want to feel that. Yeah. And then it became a story of needing to claim the space to allow the healing. And I remember at the time when, after I'd really worked through that stuff a few years later, I was working with some clients at the time who also had had big stories and, you know, they were raising young children and, and what they discovered is that, you know, for one of them, this beautiful woman, you know, part of her healing was going to work with horses. And she, I remember her saying to me, I have to go two mornings a week to work with the horses so that I can feel anchored enough to then parent. And she's like, that just seems like so much. And I was like, oh, no, but that is just what you need. There is no comparison here. You know, for some people, four hours a week is enough. You know, for others, they need four mornings a week to do what they need to do to feel that healing process to come back into balance. And I know that we don't all have the opportunity to have four mornings a week because again, life is busy and those kind of things. But I guess the point of what I'm trying to say here is that we have to honor what we need for us. We can't compare what that looks like for other people and those vulnerable parts that show up that are asking for that healing need to be held so tenderly. Like I just, you know, I I think back to that time and, when I finally did get it, I just scooped up the little girl version of me, exactly what you were saying before, Marion, instead of beating her and saying, you should be over this and you should move through it and, you know, you can power on through. I had to hold her and rock her like a little baby and go, I've got you and this will take as long as it takes and we will do it together. And that's what taught me more about vulnerability, healing, and the capacity that we have to move into the truth of who we are stemmed all from that. I just see it as an incredible gift, incredible. Mm. And it was just, I think, just such a beautiful experience to know what that feels like. And I, and I feel whenever I meet another mum who's really in those spaces, I, I just am like, oh, yes, gentle, gentle, gentle compassion. Hold yourself so tenderly. Because this is what will help you find the way back. Mm, so beautiful, Leo. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm so touched. <laughs> you know, when I when you're speaking, I'm really thinking as well about the the cultural change that's happening. Because you know, I think in the past it has been you know guilt or you know I shouldn't have shouldn't feel these feelings or I shouldn't have needs for mothers we've we've lived in this paradigm for so long and I think part of changing that paradigm is really understanding and actually coming back to at least this beautiful model of the the three reasons why children do unenjoyable things and the same reason for us it's all it's the same three things and the way I phrase them is it's what we're thinking what we're needing what we're feeling so you know whenever we're really coming back to what we're saying but in a different angle whenever we're behaving in ways that we don't want to behaving be behaving with our children there's there's one of those three reasons going on and actually those are the times when we most need compassion so you know if we if we hit ourselves with those guilt sticks or we shame ourselves or all that we're actually not allowing ourselves to actually get what we really need in order to do the healing in order to come back to our true loving compassionate nature so it's really also changing the whole culture isn't it around around mothering and also around parenting of course I include dads here as well that you know when we're having the big feelings or the big reactions that's actually when we need the most support the most compassion the most love and that is such a parallel 
for our children you know when they're behaving in ways that we don't enjoy or when they've got big feelings that's actually when they're most needing those things so it's that parallel journey isn't it of parenting is is really really getting that on a deep level mm. and, I, and I really remember that for myself you know some of my most painful parenting moments I've also shared in past times where uh, after my dad died and um, my children's dad and I separated and I remember you know I, I had so many big feelings of powerlessness and rage show up and I and I behaved in ways towards my children that I would never have thought I would possibly do and it really helped me have so much compassion for any parent because I know that we only behave in those ways when we have you know we have big feelings bubbing up from our childhood and there are big things going on or we have chronic unmet needs which is often in our culture or you know we're, we're you know in terms of what we're telling ourselves that we also have you know harsh things going on that are creating that so big feelings unenjoyable behaviors in ourselves or our children that's when the most compassion and support is required and i think it can be so hard as you say can't it to actually to change that and to actually realize that's when i need support that's when i need compassion rather than more harshness Mm, yes, I absolutely love that. Um, the past, on some level, I feel we're just saying the same thing, which we are, because it's it's the answer to everything, really, which is about the compassion and the empathy and listening to feelings, and we just come back full circle every time because it's true. Um, and it, you know, I think it is. It's it's complex, but it's actually very, very simple. It's very, very simple, and I think if we can look through that lens uh, more often, you know, then, then that can be our guide and, and, you know, it's easy to get off track for sure. And we can always do the question, but how did that look? And what is that? And I think if we can come back as a parent, you know, really simply when we are having reactions, when we are feeling really triggered with our kids to be just first, as you said, that mindfulness, you know, this, this is about me and then moving towards how do I bring compassion and kindness to these feelings and listening so that I can shift them to keep it really simple because we can get into lots of complex elements with it, but I think the simplicity can be really beautiful to just start with that as a process. Yeah, so lovely. We often talk that, we don't mean the, the simplicity and yet the complexity. I love it. I love the combination. The other thing I'd love to say is to bring in as well the the repair, you know, if we have had a big feeling response or we have behaved in ways with our children, actually the, the reparative process with them, I think is, is so important. And not only for them in terms of helping them heal, whatever that was like for them, but if we think about it, we're also then modeling for them. You know, they are undoubtedly going to also be reactive and hopefully way less reactive than us because of the way we've parented them. But if we've also modeled, this is the way that you can uh, repair, take responsibility, apologize, and then then they also have that as part of their lexicon, so that they can take that into their relationship. So, I think that's again part of that deeply compassionate understanding that that there is nothing wrong if we're having a big reaction, but it is if we do have capacity to come back as soon as we can to do the repairing and the apologizing, the take taking responsibility, that's going to really be helpful to them. And and I'm thinking also too about, you know, when we have that awareness around all those elements of our own story, repair, all those kind of things, 
And we take that even a step further because often when we're looking at those wounds, it will usually, it will be about often our childhood and how we were parented. And it can be very easy to move into anger towards our parents around, wow, they didn't meet my needs and they didn't do this and they didn't do that. And also understanding that most likely they were parenting from their place of trauma as well. And, you know, I think that can bring some peace or sanctuary to us when we understand again too that they were doing the best job they knew how probably with even less tools than what we have you know it's definitely as we've grown in awareness over time you know that we have more consciousness in order to heal some of our stuff so you know you can just see it down the line the way that they were raised how their parents treated them and then their parents treated them and and, and how it's actually just passed on from generation to generation. And, you know, when we reach a point where we say, actually, I'm going to do the work on healing this trauma now, therefore my children do not have to carry that forward. That can be very, very powerful. Yes. And that compassion works both ways, doesn't it, in the sense of for ourselves, for our children, and then also for our parents and our past, where they've come from as well. You know, that, that has helped me enormously even in my own journey of just seeing you know, understanding more about my parents' story of that the way they were was pretty amazing considering the way they were brought up and that for them they've done the best job they can to get to where they are. So I think that that is another beautiful piece to really just be aware of when we're thinking of trauma, generational trauma, like all those kind of things that are passed down, you know, that, that again, more compassion is the answer to where we've come from. Yeah, I really love that. And I often find, I don't know if you do too, when clients are maybe a little bit newer to this or even not to be to be saying you know i have compassion understanding for my parents and i have these big feelings for my inner children and the beautiful thing i find is that we can absolutely hold those both together and i find that for myself i can absolutely love all the big feelings that my inner children may have in response to to my family and have absolute unconditional love for my parents and what they did and didn't do and I also want to say you know that doesn't necessarily happen straight away we may not feel compassion at all and I think it's really important we've talked about that elsewhere not to to force that or should ourselves into that I, I see it as that as often a natural byproduct of doing inner work and I think also as well I don't know about you but I think the more I understand where things come from so I can be in a, a younger part and be right in the feelings but then when I'm more in a more centered place or my soul adult place, then I can see things in a, a clear way and hold everyone with compassion. So it's really understanding we're in, when we're in the feeling, we're in the child part, that's the feeling and that's so valid and so important. And, you know, that's probably not the time to go, oh, you know, but I understand because of my parents. No, that's the time to really love that inner child and all those feelings. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the, yes, I really understand how it was for them. That's the time to be there. Every that can all be held with compassion. Yes, I absolutely agree. And I love that too, because that inauthenticity around having those big feelings, but going, oh, but I understand it just isn't, it doesn't really, it doesn't, it's like, you know, you have to really give it its full voice to go, you're allowed to be enraged and you're allowed to have all these feelings here like let's go with that and and then usually it's so much easier to have that compassion isn't it because we allow the healing peace to have come so yeah absolutely i i agree totally yeah and then i find i don't know about you but then the i think we we have that similar experience and the the compassion becomes so much more of the 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 space that we live from (laughs) for everyone for you know whatever they're doing or not doing because that becomes the way i see it i think when we as we've been talking is because 
these feelings get to be heard, these younger parts get to be heard, even if it's more recent younger parts get to express and we get to hear them or we get to have them lovingly heard, then they're not still going, knock, 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 knock. Okay, here's my opportunity. The, my child's saying no. Okay, I'm going to bring up that memory from when my parents said no to me and I felt so, you know, hurt or enraged. There's less and less of that. It's like because the feelings are being expressed, they're being released. So the same thing will happen and we don't need to have that same big response mm. because it's being expressed, it's being heard. It's yes. not it's not charged in that same way. And that is so beautiful to acknowledge in the self as we have that growth in courage. Feel that of that those parts where we um can see, oh, I was not as reactive then, or there's something that that's beautiful. It's the same as what we say, look for the evidence in your children. You know, when you're playing a game with them and you see them release some fear or we've done some crying and see them, they're more relaxed in their bodies. You know, there's, we're seeing, ah, there's the beautiful signs and evidence of what we're doing. And we have to acknowledge that evidence within ourselves as well. That's huge. It's so huge because it's, it's part of our beautiful growth. So we, we have to celebrate that. Mm. So wonderful. I know it's backtracking a tiny bit, but I wanted to add this because I didn't at the time. I often find, you know, the way I like to work is that I find there's often a charged phrase. So sometimes it can be a feeling, but sometimes it's a really charged phrase. And if you like going back into the source of it, which, as we're saying, there are many, many ways, many roads to Rome. Uh, but the charged phrase may be something like, you know, he never listens to me or, um, or you know, maybe your child's trying to hit you and 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 there might be a charge phrase of you know he's always trying to hurt me or she's always trying to hurt me and often those charge phrases can also be really taking us back to an original experience maybe of a sibling tickling you or you know a, a child at school hitting you over the, the head with a plastic truck or something so there, there are so many different routes into to access these and you know I think I come back to we have amazing psyches so wise always trying to heal and release the feelings to bring the body back to your beautiful balance so that we we live more and more from that place from that loving and willing place yes i love that I, and you're so right because i often when i'm working with somebody and you listen to the words they say it you're exactly right is that part where they're going they're being so rude to me they're so rude to me <laughs> you know or you know just whatever it is that they keep saying again and again and again he's like yes yes they are there's there's the beautiful piece <laughs> let's let's lean into that a little bit yeah i agree with you it's it's um all the clues and beautiful elements are there aren't they sometimes we just don't want to look at them and that's understandable because yes, it's because it's tricky. painful <laughs> And I always remember I used, I used to think I made this up, you know, what does this remind me of? And I and I went back and had a look at my notes from a, a workshop with Aletha Salter many, many years ago. And I realized that I'd got that from her. And I think it's so beautiful again, because the more we're differentiating out the present, the past, coming back to what we were saying at the beginning, that the, the body, the nervous system needs to, to uh, feel like it, the thing is happening in the here and now in order for it to be healed. Our job is to actually see that is not the case. This is actually not about the present moment. This is about the past. So any of those questions, if they resonate for you, that's what I like to, to ask myself. What does this remind me of? How old do I feel? Those kinds of things can help us. And also once we've done that, we can have, you know, if you're, if you're then familiar with that and your child's 
um, doing that thing again, maybe they're always saying no, and you, or they're turning around and you say, why are they never listening to me? I remember I got this from Aletha as well, is to actually remember this is your child, this is not your father. This mm. is your two-year-old or five-year-old or 15-year-old. This is not your mother or your teacher. So again, whatever we can do to, to bring us in the present moment and to actually remember I am the parent here. Um, in terms of powerlessness, I used to find it helpful to remember I know I feel really powerless right now, but I actually could go out and get in the car and drive away. They cannot do that. So any, anything that can help anchor you in the present moment. I know somatic experiencing is a lot about that. You were talking about that in terms of connecting with our breath, anything that can help us as well so that we are in the present moment in our adult self. <laughs> They're the child. Cause usually when we're, I often find when we're in those big feelings and we're reacting, we have become the child and they have become in our movie, our parents or our siblings or our teachers or somebody who did something that was painful for us. So mm-hmm. again, bringing that awareness can, can help us again, have deep compassion. I always, I always joke with, with clients, you know, it's, it's not ever really going to go that well if we are parenting from a two-year-old part of us. It's not really ever going to go that well, is it? <laughs> Unless we're in a really playful two-year-old part of us, then it might go really well. If we're in a really upset or powerless or outraged two-year-old, not going to go so well so that's i i second and agree and love <laughs> all of that totally and i it just made me think about too actually of that it can be really overwhelming when we feel like we have a lot of trauma and there's a big story there right and so you know i've said this before we go as fast as the slowest part of us mm-hmm. you know whatever healing we need to do and i love when you just said that phrase and i, I really i i got this from you which you got from Alita of what does this remind me of right <laughs> and i use that all the time and you know so that is such a beautiful one-liner that sticks with me and then what i always say again too which i think is on the other side of the healing or when we have really identified with that healing is one of the favorite things i love to say is what do i want this to look like and so when we have this disconnection with ourselves or our own pain or our children and we're willing to work with that, you know, when we've looked at where the story is, then we are able to move to a space of what do I want this to look like, which means I want to be able to turn up for my children and be really calm and anchored. I want to have a deeply intimate, you know, playful relationship with my child or I want to have a deeply intimate relationship with my partner or whatever that looks like. What do you want this to look like? Because I think that's the thing too is we get so caught in our own story, we forget about there's the possibility that sits there of what that could look like as well. So I love, you know, I use those two phrases all the time from what does this remind me of? So what do I need to work with from the story that it's come from? And when I get that and when I've moved that piece, I then go, well, what do I want this to look like now? And that leaning towards the possibility of what exists of what that could look like as far as the relationship. So on one level, we're dealing with where that healing is, but then we're also opening up to the possibility of having a deeply rich relationship with ourselves and with our kids. So I just, I like the whole piece. Mm. I love that. I love that, the the past and the future in a way. And I love how you bring those together, those two key phrases. Isn't it wonderful? Do you know, I often think as well of, our vision or our values around parenting, I see them as also part like our North Star or Southern Cross, that they're also part of actually helping us feel resourced. They're actually part of our resourcing to actually stand in that, ah, yes, this is what I really value. This is what I care about. So, Mm. yeah, I love that you do that. Mm, Yeah, beautiful. 
So I guess to finish off, we really want to offer all you beautiful people listening that healing is always possible. We always say that and just it is powerful and amazing and yours to access. And, you know, it's you know, wherever you come to in your parenting journey and, and no matter how big it feels, I just I think we both would really want to offer you that there is always a way home. There is always a way back to balance. There is always a way to navigate your healing and you know it starts with that compassion and gentleness and and sometimes it's asking for help and sometimes it's it's reaching out to get support and sometimes it may be just your own beautiful inner journey that you need to do but it is definitely always possible and your children will be so much richer for it so yummy so yummy so mm. do you should do we have an invitation you have an invitation for oh, yes. our lovely listeners today around um yeah oh god there's there's many (laughs) i think i think uh, again i usually love people to just be curious as to where they can see where they feel like parts of their story that trauma is turning up for them you know whether that is being really reactive whether it's getting angry whether it's feeling very fearful whether it's really lots of tears whether it's being disconnected and disassociating like just being curious the total curiosity of where that turns up in your life and what would that look like to lean into it a little bit more to see what it's got to tell you. Mm, I love that. Mine's really similar, but I'm going to share it anyway. Is there something that's going on with your child or your children that you are feeling, you're having some big feelings around and would you like to, would you like to ask yourself and check out, first of all, whether you want to do this. Do you want to ask yourself, what does this remind me of and how old do I feel? Because that's only one way. There are many, many ways for healing to happen. And for some people, that is not the way. So please mm. ask yourself beforehand whether you actually want to do that. Mm. I love it. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, as we always say, you can rate us and share it and send us messages of what you'd love us to talk about. Mm. Um, we love getting your message, messages each week and um, we're really, you know, it's part of our our beautiful (laughs) mission it is like a mission but just to you know to share i guess our parenting and what we talk about with as many people as possible so if you love it please share it we're deeply grateful for um everybody spreading the word Hmm. and we're going to we'll share more resources in the show notes which lad does by the way thank you very much lau for doing the show notes just want to acknowledge you we often joke marion and i always joke that you know marion edits i do the show notes and we both listen back. We go, oh, that was good. <laughs> I like what you talked about then. And many times I've listened to myself back and go, oh, I didn't even know I knew that. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so, you know, I love that our podcast in this conversation we have that we actually learn from. It's hilarious. Oh, my really. gosh. So uh, much. The humanness. Oh, yeah. so yeah. good. <laughs> I, I actually love to add a little PS here is that I think you were saying something earlier. I hope you don't mind me sharing that you're talking to a client and you were saying, well, I'm, you know, really just 10 years ahead here. So I, I would love to say that, you know, we've been doing this for a while and and that is really helpful you learn you learn a lot through experience and (laughs) so So that is so it you know I I just feel like many of the people I work with I'm sure you as Marion you know have younger kids and now we have big older kids and we've just been doing it for a much longer time that that's where you learn because you're learning through doing so we are totally knowing exactly what it feels like being in those 
tricky parts because we've been there. We just have a bit further down the path. That's it. So, yeah. Okay. Lovely. Thank you. So much love to you all. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.